0: Man, major breaking news in regards to NXT. According to Wrestling Observer Newsletter, Dave Meltzer of WrestlingObserver.com. My name is Fred Ricciani. This is TSC Wrestling. WWE NXT is permanently ending its partnership with Full Sail University. Wow. Now, why is this significant? It's significant for a few reasons. This incarnation of NXT that's essentially the uh, afterbirth of the FCW promotion and before that, OVW and and Deep South Wrestling. It has been partnered with Full Sail University and been running shows at Full Sail University for the most part, other than recently, for nearly a decade now, since 2012, since this current NXT kind of came into fruition. You know, the NXT that gave us Sasha Banks and Charlotte Flair and Bayley and Becky Lynch and so many great matches and feuds, I mean, Lord. The amount of great matches that we saw and maybe didn't even see at Full Sail University over the last decade is insane. How we even saw CM Punk and Seth Rollins versus Chris Hero and Cesaro. Freaking crazy. Crazy. And and so I think about all the great matches that took place there. I think about all the great feuds. I think about all the great TV episodes back when NXT was just a taped show on Deadly B Network. And even before then, I think it was on like Hulu and... If you didn't have it in the States, you didn't have Hulu, you had to go on Daily Motion and watch it because it wasn't available in the States and only aired in certain markets. And yeah, it was kind of this cool underground thing. But guess what? It was developmental. Yes, there were some standout veterans like Tyson Kidd who revitalized his career there. There were some guys like Cesaro who made some stops there and had some great freaking matches with Sami Zayn and William Regal. William Regal would occasionally get involved as well. But for the most part, it was a place where a lot of young talent can apply their craft, some from the ground up like Biggie Langston, and eventually go on to the main roster uh, to become superstars, real superstars, you know, money drunk superstars, people that could possibly be difference makers down the road. In recent years, NXT became more of a haven for indie standouts, who, in fairness to them, if they ended up on the main roster rather than NXT at first, if given the opportunity, probably could have done really freaking well. But here's the problem. Some of the call-ups got worse and worse. Some of the call-ups to the main roster started getting handled. Worse and worse and worse, to the point where it was a running gag of, you don't want this person to get called up, because Vince McMahon and the main roster writing team will screw them up. And lo and behold, more often than not, that happened. Now, NXT did have a great track record Throughout its history with women's wrestlers. Whether it be women that had an indie background and, and helping them you know, further hone them, their skills. Or women that they trained from scratch. They have done a phenomenal job. On the men's side, it's been pretty lacking since the era of Roman Reigns, Big E, Bray Wyatt, among others. And you look around now. Fast forward, you know, after, let's just say NXT's peak was like 2016, 2017. I was just reminded on Facebook that four years ago, I attended NXT TakeOver in Brooklyn. And five years ago, I, I attended NXT Brooklyn today. Or I think today, around today, somewhere in the vicinity. And, I mean, it was sold out Barclays Center, a major NBA arena. And now here we are all these years later, and... They're not doing that great being a quote unquote major brand on the USA network, a premium blue chip network. You know, a, a network like TNT, like TBS is pretty high regarded. They aren't doing great in the 18 to 49-year-old demographic, which is you know the coveted demographic. They are probably not doing that great in, in terms of ad rates as well. You look on YouTube, even the YouTube numbers aren't doing well. On top of that, you know, there's obviously been a pandemic going on, so they've been running at the Capitol Wrestling Center as opposed to Full Sail University, and it's horribly lit, a very dark and dreary show. Granted, Full Sail could have had some better lighting too at times, you know, throughout the the show's history, but for the most part, I'd say Full Sail is a much nicer-looking university. But whether it's Full Sail or especially the Capitol Wrestling Center, ugh. You you watch NXT, and then you tune into AEW, and aesthetically, it's absolutely night and day. You look at the fact that AEW, almost from the get-go, just kicked NXT's ass in the ratings. And in fairness, NXT never really had a chance. Yeah, they had advantages and, and whatnot, but they NXT, based on what was originally created was never meant to be a third brand it was never meant to be a brand that can compete with a major promotion all by itself not making excuses for it i'm just saying even when it was selling out arenas and stuff they were selling out arenas for takeover shows for essentially pay-per-view specials on the WWE network not for you know regular tv broadcasts on the usa network which is what well, they you know they've been on usa now for almost two years and who knows if they'll get moved to peacock or whatever but it just, it's just kind of sad when you really think about how far NXT's fallen off. You know, the call-up stopped happening. And whoever did get called up they didn't really have a lot of time in NXT. I mean, you look at you know, Veer and Shanky, were they in NXT at all? You look at Omos, and I really like Omos. But he's very green, and you can make the strong argument that the guy would benefit from being on NXT just squashing dudes and training. Now, I'm happy for him. I think he's a great act with AJ Styles as as a tag team and everything. But I'm just saying, like, if you're comparing who they've called up in recent years on the men's side compared to who hasn't been called up, it's freaking crazy, right? I mean, Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, the fact that Bobby Fish and all those guys of the Undisputed Era didn't get called up to the main roster when they were still together is crazy. They did some angle, I know, a couple years back with NXT invading Raw and SmackDown. But as far as, like, not permanently being called up, that's crazy. Gargano and Ciampa, two great workers, not called up. That's crazy. And, and, you know, even on the women's side now, they're slacking a bit. Yeah, they called up Rhea Ripley, but Io Shirai is one of the best workers in the entire company, in the entire business, and she's just wasting her time in NXT. And that's the thing, man. I like, the point of the brand split, whether you consider you know, the NXT a true third brand or not, is not only to create new stars, or in theory to create new stars, but to keep people fresh. And instead, on the main roster, they're just, they're just constantly doing rematches. And on NXT, they're kind of doing the same thing now with rematches. And guys aren't guys and girls aren't graduating to that main roster. So what you have is a situation now where dudes like Adam Cole, whether he stays or not, Kyle Riley, all these dudes, they're in that they're in that spot kind of like Bobby Roode and James Storm and a few other people were in TNA and Impact Wrestling, where great workers, really talented guys. They're still entertaining as hell, but they just we've seen them do so much. We've seen them pretty much do everything they could possibly do in Impact Wrestling, and at some point they had to be released or like or or go somewhere else. You know, in the case of AJ Styles, they didn't renew his contract and went to New Japan. It was the greatest gamble, you know, somebody ever made of themselves, maybe ever in wrestling. Other than, you know, I don't know, you know the Elite with AEW and everything. And then, of course, he went to Deadly B, The rest is history. You know, Bobby Roode eventually ended up in NXT and then and then went to the main roster as well. You know, James Storm kind of went back and forth and everything else. But point is, like, a lot of these guys right now in NXT are stale. And there's a lot of changes going on. Dave Meltzer reports that Bruce Pritchard, Johnny Ace, essentially the old guard along with Mr. Nick Khan, who... He's a former power broker agent, now a power broker executive for WWE. uh, Have a lot more influence now compared to Triple H. And I don't really feel bad for Triple H because I think he did take a lot of shortcuts. I think he did try to make NXT a super indie promotion rather than kind of balance it out like the old days of NXT. I think he also didn't adapt and he was way too arrogant when AEW first beat them, and thinking if we're WWE, of course we'll beat him. And he got his ass kicked. He didn't pivot well creatively. The show's fine. Like the show is not like totally offensive. Okay, there are a couple things like the Indy Hartwell stipulation being immediately broken, where you're like, okay, this this is stupid. This is insulting my intelligence. But more often than not, NXT's just kind of there. You know, there's some entertaining acts, some promising acts. Some people you want to see more of down the road, you know, like MSK and Hit Row and and all these dudes. But for the most part, it's kind of stale. It's just kind of there. And, yeah, it's no longer that cool underground thing. But Triple H had the opportunity to pivot. He did not. Not only did he not pivot, but on top of that, you're telling me that while I know Vince McMahon holds all the cards... I know Vince McMahon is ultimately to blame for all this crap, 110%, but you're telling me that Triple H couldn't go to bat for any of his guys and girls? You're telling me Triple H couldn't go to bat to protect some of his call-ups, to ask for some call-ups, to demand some call-ups? He's his right-hand man. He's married to his daughter. He's a freaking son-in-law. He's one of the all-time greats. And yeah, you can say what you want about him as a human being, whatever the case may be, but... You couldn't go to bat for your guys, huh? You just kept them in NXT and let your show get stale and let them get stale and devalue themselves and here we are. And I can't say that the long-term direction of NXT or whatever NXT is going to be called is for the better. I can't say that being at the crappy looking Capital Wrestling Center, even if they add more lights, is going to be better. It's not a great venue. Also, if you're going to bring fans to the Performance Center during a pandemic while also... Still having wrestlers train there, on top of wrestling there. I don't know. It seems like a, a kind of a nasty petri dish, that, and it sounds like they didn't learn their lesson from last year. Although I know, I think they're you know they're testing these days and enforcing mask wearing. It's different from around this time last year, but still, still, it, it, it's ridiculous. So I, I don't know what the future holds for NXT, but. I feel bad for the students at Full Sail that would have the opportunity to do some cool stuff on the production side or were having the opportunity to do stuff on the production side. I feel bad for potential production staff and freelancers who will probably, probably excuse me, be let go. Um, I feel bad for NXT wrestlers who are currently in limbo because you can be on TV like Bronson Reed one week and be off TV the next week. It's insane. And look, Nick Khan... Good for you, man. You're making WWE even more of a licensed print money. That's awesome. But I don't care if you're a publicly traded company or not. At some point, you got to be somewhat human. And all these cuts, you know, especially some of the people being released, like Bray Wyatt, Braun Strowman. Say we want about their gimmicks, and even them. Some maybe some people don't like Braun Strowman. I get that. It's just you know you know what I mean. Like, do you care about morale at all? Do you care about your locker room at all? Like, it's 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 unfortunate. It's unfortunate. But we live in a world right now where AEW's got Lord knows how many guys like WCW 1996. Uh, they, they probably shouldn't be taking on that much more talent. Uh, you know, it's a, that roster is bloated right now. And, you know, as, as far as some other companies, maybe ROH will step in since they really need a boost. Maybe Impact will step in. There is a rumored third promotion coming out that, that's heavily invested in women's wrestling. I'm not sure if it's just only going to be women's wrestling or if it's also going to be men's wrestling. But we we could use a third promotion, and we could also use this pandemic eventually ending, hopefully through science. Because, yeah, it's it's rough right now, and and you know this is the least of most people's concerns, but it is certainly restricting work for a lot of these recently released or potentially released wrestlers who could go to Japan or, or Mexico or, or somewhere in Europe to further apply their craft and most importantly make a living. But I want to hear from you. What do you think about Full Sail University and WWE ending their partnership? What the hell is gonna happen from here? Let me know, leave a comment below. Please like, share, take care. Don't forget to subscribe and turn on notifications for more updates.